welcome back. Um, uh, we don't really have a name, so we're going to introduce ourselves. The reason we don't have a name, we were Queers for Fears, but um, it has come to our attention that there was a little show that was like Queers for Fear that was like queer people, you know, watching and reviewing um, horror movies. So our bad, our bad for that one. So we're just going to ignore that and move on. We don't have a name, but we're going to introduce ourselves again and start anew. So a new Grace Alicious. Oh, okay. Hi guys. I'm Gracie. Um what's your favorite color? Okay. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Just I'm kidding. On. It's purple. Purple. Steeler. Okay. okay. All right. Color thief. Anyways. My name is Avery. My favorite color is green. Ah. Oh. Oh my She's God, also look, a stealer. So yeah, but I'm okay with everyone loving the color green because it is the best color. It is. And it's her last name. It is also her last name. Okay. Is it me? It is you now. Hi, I'm Kelly. My favorite color is purple. Just like Gracie Lewis. Just like Gracie, Gracie over there, Garcia. Garcia, as we affectionately call her. Because I'm just like, like. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. She didn't even say it right. I, yeah, I was like, I don't know what that means, but. Um, Dyslexic, yes. Okay, I'm Lakin, and my favorite color is also green. It is my last name, but um, no affiliation. <laughs> okay, so I think that Avery's going to start us off with a little synopsis of this movie that we were watching. Um, Which is Girl Interrupted. It is Girl Interrupted. With one of my favorite actresses in it. <coughs> Winona Ryder? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love Angelina Jolie, too. Yeah, Angelina Jolie with like the mini bangs. It's kind the of a slave. The it's, it's giving. It's kind of a slave. Um, what about her bleached dead hair? I I didn't love that. <laughs> also it was, kind of a slave. <laughs> it was a symbolic slave. It was a symbolic slave. Um, I think that if you want to read your synopsis, and yeah. then I would like to give a little bit of like character review just for Angelina Jolie and Winona Ryder's characters, yeah. just real quick, and then um, I have something. Okay, what's up? Um, we are missing Amber today. Yes, I was missing Amber. Amber. Yes, we are missing Amber because, you know, this is also a trigger warning. This movie does have some intense thematic issues. Yeah. And just... It's going to deal with mental, mental health, health and, and suicide. And self-harm and yes, stuff like that. Trigger so trigger yes. warning for that. And our dear, our dear, dear Amber, just, you know, she had to... Take some time for herself, and, and she just couldn't yeah, do it. It's but it's okay. okay. This movie brought up a lot of triggers it's okay. for me, and it's okay because I. It's okay to cried a little, but not. I did it. It's okay to not want to watch these things, yeah, and that's yeah. good for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Don't do anything that's gonna hurt your mental health. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Even if that means turning off our dear dear podcast, yeah. we would love for you to stay, but you know, take care of. I yourself. would want yeah. your mental health to be better than yeah. watch yeah. our podcast. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, so. Girl Interrupted is a 1999 American psychological drama film. It's directed by James Mangold. Don't really know too much about his other works, but um, it stars Winona Ryder. Um, She is 18-year-old Susanna Kaysen, and we also have Angelina Jolie playing Lisa Rowe. So the film follows a young woman who, after suicide attempts, spends 18 months at a psychiatric hospital between 1967 to 1968. Throughout the film, Susanna has to decide whether she wants to stay in the world on the inside with the imp- with the patients or face the often difficult reality of the outside world. And this is actually based on a true story. 
Um, it is Susanna Kaysen is her name in real life. Uh, she wrote a memoir, so this is also a book. Oh, I did not know that. Hmm. That's really cool. Wow. Also, just some other notable people in the cast. We got Miss Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. Do you remember her character's name? Because I was trying to remember. Nurse, or is she a nurse or a doctor? She was a, I thought she was a nurse because that was kind of a plot point. Nurse yeah, because she was not. Uh, I'll really look it up and say it later. Well, I, I want to say Lane, but that's from. Uh, that's from Fear, Fear Street. Fear Street, yeah. Girl interrupted. Because she was cast. acting her butt off. Okay. She always does though, and she that does. makes she me did. so happy. Valerie, so does one of the Val- yeah. Valerie Nurse Owens. And Nurse then Owens. Also, Jared Leto is Leto. Jared Leto. <laughs> Leto is in also, it. Also, um, what's his name is in it. I was very shocked at seeing him, but he. What character was it? Like he was the guy that tra- Misha Collins. <laughs> he was in that. He was. Who was he? He Tony? was the who was one. Tony? He was the one that tried to do some things with um, Winona or Susanna when oh, they the were party. at the, the party. Orderly? Oh, oh no. Yeah. I didn't see him. Yeah. Maybe I didn't recognize him. Yeah, he was also very young. Also, Jared Leto literally looks like Zac Efron in he this He did. Movie. I thought it was Zac Efron. I, oh, yeah. I really did. Yeah. I was watching it, and I was like, there's no way that when Winona Ryder was looking like that, Zac Efron was looking like that. Yeah. That man was a child. Yeah. So... Okay, so real quick. So Lisa, which is Angelina Jolie's character, um, I just want to talk a little bit about um, the casting choice for that. I thought that was really a smart move because Lisa is kind of an anti-hero. I wouldn't call her a villain because I think that the villain in the story is more like society and like someone's mental health. But um, I think she's kind of like an anti-hero. And... um, her like she's got some strong features y'all she's got the yeah. like, strong jawline and like, Cheek bones. cheekbones and her eyes can be very piercing but they can also be very soft mm. and like she and her voice too is very like soothing so like you kind of don't know how to feel about her at certain times like different features stand out to you in different scenes i, I wanted to point that out because i'm a very visual person She's like very seductive. Seductive? Oh my gosh. Seductive. seductive. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, but with that goes with what you were saying is that you can kind of get this good thing out of her, kind of like a drug. Like you can have a good experience with it, but she's also very dangerous. Mm. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Too much of anything is a bad thing. Yeah. And then uh Winona Ryder's character, Susanna. Um she <laughs> goes like in the movie, I had very mixed feelings about her, and I think that's the point. Um, so I went from, like, loving her and feeling bad for her to rooting for her and also, like, rooting for her being with Lisa. I was like, oh, my God, yes, love. Um, and then thinking she's actually a really not a good person. Um, and then being happy for her again because her character just has such a ride in this movie. She does. Yeah. Um, she does a lot of things that are questionable and I wanted to say that um, her specific issues are like a good example of how it's so hard to get better and get help um, when the problem you have isn't like obvious it's not like set in stone by the book kind of diagnosis and it made me think like did she really have those issues or do you believe um, Nurse Owens or Whoopi Goldberg's character when she said that she's just lost. So that's a question I have for you guys. That that's such a 
That's such a good complex question. Because I think with Susanna, um, she could really fit the mold of just being this troubled adolescent. She's kind of rebelling against the social norms, especially because this is during um, the 60s. Um, mm. Very different, culturally different perception on mental health and mental illness. Um, and so Susanna doesn't really fit um, the typical 1960s, like, straight A, going to college mm-hmm. student. And her parents are kind of portrayed as affluent and have high expectations for yeah. her. And so it's like, is she, does she really have a mental illness that can be diagnosed, or is she just a troubled teen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this just goes to show that they did not have a lot of knowledge, like, about psychology and mental illness during this time and that if you went against the social norms they just wanted to throw the blanket statement of you're crazy onto that yeah and like in the home that they were in um you know she gets sent away to this i don't know if i would call it psychiatric ward because it doesn't feel like a ward it's more like like just a mental hospital mental place home mental home yeah Yeah. for troubled girls because they separate the girls and the guys Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. and so like, it feels, it feels like a cop out to yeah. kind of send them away, but at the same time, when you think about how the style of the movie changes, like, in the beginning, the flashes forward and backwards between different scenes in her life where she can't tell what's happening, you know, in that moment and decipher it from what has happened, um, but then when she gets to the ward to the home it just it kind of fades but I don't know if I would say fades it almost stops kind of abruptly like I think she has two more episodes and then it's just done you never see the flashes again and I'm like was it the world and the stress of being out there causing the problem or was it what they gave her in the hospital the drugs keeping her mind just so yeah like straightforward and not clouded anymore i kind of wonder if the flashbacks um the reason that they decrease was more for the initial use of them was like uh, a plot device mm-hmm. like so that we know what her what trauma is or that she has experienced trauma mm-hmm. and that this has led her to where she is now where she is struggling with her mental health um and almost um having a suicide attempt even it gets that extreme i'm oh, sorry that's my phone I think also, like, it shows that trauma is so powerful Mm -hmm. and, like, you don't really need to have a mental illness to, like, go through what Susanna is going through. And, like, you can you see it compared to, like, the other girls when you go in there and, you know, (laughs) you have, like, someone who burned herself. Um, You have a lesbian. You have a pathological liar. And you have, like... No, we don't really know what Lisa is. She's just... Yeah, that's never really... Because, you yeah. know, they go and they steal the files, but yeah. no one ever hears Lisa's file. Yeah, they go over everyone's but Lisa's because, like, everyone's just so in denial, I also think. And com- seeing that compared to Susanna, you can see, like, maybe it was just the pressures of the outside world. And, like, because trauma causes... A lot of stuff. It tra- it causes like, ble- like what is it called? Memory lapses, hallucinations, and stuff like that. And like, dissociation. Dissociation, and you can. I I like, I like how important they put that. Like, 
I really like how they just didn't really diagnose each person and put like a specific label on them because, you know, sometimes it's just not that straightforward. Almost never. It's never that straightforward. And like you, you're kind of put at, at an unease the whole time. But, you know, I don't know. I like it. What are your thoughts, Kelly? It, honestly, I'll, I talked to my therapist about this. I just got done with my therapist. I love him. <laughs> He's weirdo like me. Cap? But I also just no, had therapy. Um, better help because oh, Caps God. couldn't help me. I had too many issues. <laughs> so you went to get better help. <laughs> I went to get, get better, better help. help. They sent yeah. me a free hat. It's kind of cute. Anyway, like better help. Cool it system. brought up my seventh and eighth grade trauma because I was her. I didn't go because my parents were like, you're fine. Was I fine? No. Um, so like, I put myself in her shoes and I was like, okay. I um, That was creepy. <laughs> I... <laughs> the man just walked by. <laughs> and was staring like into our soul. <laughs> I, I think I like dissociated myself for having some of the movie. Like I was like, I have to watch this. I need to watch this. And then, like, I don't remember parts of it because I think I just zoned out and I was like, I am her. Self-preservation. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I could, I can't get past that, like, barrier in my head. And I don't want to go past that barrier in my head. But, like, seeing her and seeing that was like, okay, you know, she's going to get better. It might not feel like it, but she is lost. She's in that hole. But she gets better. Yeah. I think a big part of it was or accepting that there was something wrong and that maybe it can't be like, you know, cut and dry and straightforward what is wrong, but realizing that you're not, you're not alone necessarily, but you're not like just every other person. Yeah. You have to take care of yourself and like do what's best for you. Um, I feel like that's what made her get a little bit better. Like, when the, you realize you're in a hole, and then you realize there's other people that are also in a hole with you. But you don't have to be in the hole. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It, um, it helps having people get you out of a hole mm-hmm. or I, a puddle. I think what's interesting, particularly to me, about Susanna is that while she's going through this process and coming to terms with what happened, because at first she's in the state of denial where she doesn't want to acknowledge that she tried to kill herself. Um, And then she gets to a point where she is more accepting of that fact. Mm -hmm. And then we even see a little bit of, are y'all familiar with Deviance of Owl? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so um, to explain for those listening. Non-psychology people. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So this is actually a sociological term. And uh, it's basically whenever, um, as human beings, we are placed into kind of like this deviant or like outcast category, sometimes as a way to cope with it, we embrace the identity. Oh, you're going to say I'm bad, then I'll be the baddest. And so she kind of has that moment where she is being told she's crazy. She's being told that you have this, this, and this wrong with you. And even um, her psychiatrist at first, or psychologist, um, Melvin, Mm -hmm. is just telling her, well, you're a woman. Like, this is a lot for you. You're not going to understand it, which that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) It's the sexism in this movie. Um, And so she has this period of time where she goes deviance about and is like, okay, you're going to call me crazy? I'm crazy then. And then uh, that's Lakin brought up the scene where um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character, I already forgot her name, um, tells her, are you really crazy? You know, are you really crazy? Like, think about it. Yeah. 
that scene like really oh that's when i hated her that i was yeah. like i i was getting flashbacks to like my mother and i like going through that especially because like you know it is very i okay um for those who don't know i am half asian and so i think like especially seeing Whoopi goldberg as a person of color like mental health in the poc community is just very unspoken of non-existent it's not it's non-existent seeing like it just it brought me back to my sophomore and junior year when I was trying to get some help with my mental issues and my mom was like no you're fine like I've given you everything that I didn't have you know you should be grateful and all these things and it's like you can see that through um nurse Owen because like as a black woman in the 60s like that was at the pivotal like point point of civil rights and like you can you can just see the effect that it has as being a woman of color it has on nurse owens and she kind of projects that and she's like you're just a little spoiled little you're a spoiled little girl who's just lost mm-hmm. and that like, hit, you don't know real problems. yeah you don't know real problems <laughs> and it's like i understand where she's coming from but that's also a, an issue in itself mm-hmm. just because there are mental issues and you like rich people can have issues too Happy people, quote-unquote happy people, have issues too. And I think that's, like, a big thing where it's, like... It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to watch someone who hasn't, like, objectively better off than you struggle. Because I think a lot of people want to justify their own feelings. And they do that by comparing themselves to others. Yeah. And you just can't compare trauma to trauma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um you can compare like mm, systemic racism to like depression a little bit like one is affects well doesn't it yeah it affects more people i mean a lot of people have depression but a lot of people are black as well so i don't know there's not really like a number that you can put on them but one is substantially like worse but they're still both terrible. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah. yeah. It's like the I, worst of two evils. Like, which one are you... Tr- like, you're... Like, trauma dumping and trauma comparing. You can't compare trauma. Yeah. I, I think the like, movie... both are very valid. But yeah. You have to acknowledge that... They're very different. Yeah. I, I feel like the film does a good job at showing that uh, mental illness and trauma doesn't discriminate based on what your socioeconomic or racial... Um, or socioeconomic status or um, what race you are, what you look like, any of those categories. Because one of the characters we have, um, Daisy, um, very spoiled by her father. She They have money. She gets yeah. um, basically bought out of the uh, psychiatric ward. She doesn't have to stay there because her father is rich um, and sets her up with this fancy little apartment. But that doesn't make her happy. That doesn't erase the things she's been through. Were there any... POC patients? I was just thinking about that. I don't. I don't think, I don't think so. there were. There I, weren't any in the main group. I was yeah. looking in the background because I look in the background. I didn't see. I don't it's think time I to be real, one. guys. <laughs> Anyways. But I think that's very interesting also because white people tend to have 
especially during that time, white people tended to have more money and were able to, you know, sweep things under the rug and pay for their for their daughters to go to these things to quote unquote get better. There weren't any there really weren't any POC patients at all. Exactly. Also, this one specifically was private, uh, privately run, whereas uh, they make a comment at one point. um, I think it's whenever she's at that party. Um, and the guy is talking about his friend who can see purple people and that the state took him away. Yeah. Like that's, that's where you go. Um, or that's what happens to people with mental illness that don't have have the money to afford the privatized quality care. They just are taken up by the state and it's, (laughs) they don't have good funding. I think Um, that also further shows the systemic racism happening. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very, very graphic, deep, very racist movie. I, um, I also wanted to kind of bring up, like, the trauma bonding in this movie. Oh. There, there is a lot. There's a lot of trauma bonding. It's I, a very strong bond and a very unstable it's bond. It's a very, yes. yeah. I. Which is not what it works like. I've had a lot of experience with trauma bonding, and... It also made me just feel like so uneasy because, you know, when you're in that when you're in that deep, deep, low place, you 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 need someone, you want someone. And I I think when what's her name? Susanna is like sees Lisa. She sees her. It's like with an infatuation. And, you know, it, it continues throughout the rest of this movie where it's like Susanna loves Lisa so much. But then it gets to a certain point where it's like, are you just going to make me like I thought you were helping me get better, but are you just making me worse? Yeah. yeah. It's like a toxic love, which that kind of yeah. reminds me of the last movie, uh, movies we did. We talked about toxic love as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and how queer love um, can be very toxic when it's um, you're both going through a lot mm-hmm. and you're looking to each other. To be like your foundation and your stability but you can't have someone be your foundation when like they don't have their own they don't have their own yeah. they're not stable in themselves yeah and you can't expect someone to be that for you when you're not that for them <sighs> that hits me so hard yeah. um because i have a tendency 100 percent to want to run and just tell everything to my boyfriend and just kind of rely on him as my crutch to deal with problems sometimes. But the truth is you're not always going to have that person around for you. And sometimes when they are around for you, they're not in a good place to be what they need to be for you. You have to be careful to avoid codependency. You have to be that person for yourself and which they show like she gets there. She gets there when like, even though she got there reluctantly um, because Lisa kind of just runs away. Mm-hmm. Um, it was forced onto her. It was forced onto her. Better, but... And Susanna, like, you know, she didn't know how to deal without Lisa, but you can see, like, towards the end of the movie, she gets better because she is by herself, and she realizes, like, she has to do this for herself. It makes me wonder if Lisa... I mean, Lisa's... I feel like she's smarter than we think, yeah. you know? She, I feel like she's very smart. And I feel like she might have done that on purpose. She might have seen what she was doing Ooh. to Susanna and Stunning. Like, it's happening again. I mean, like, it's, it's happened before in a relationship. Exactly. Her, um, the old roommate. Jamie. Yeah. yeah. 
And so I think like she was like, I can't have a repeat and I'm I know I'm the problem. And if I can't admit it, I can remove myself. Ooh, absolutely. I think we see probably the most deviance of all with Lisa herself. Um, absolutely. Especially that one scene where she's like, you want me to be the villain, baby? I'll be the villain. Um, and that's how that she... <laughs> that's how she thinks people view her which mm-hmm. i mean to a certain extent that is how people yeah. view her yeah and she doesn't really know how to confront or deal with that so she just puts all she has into it because mm-hmm. that is her identity if they're going to paint her as the villain then she's going to be the best one and if you don't know who you are in the first place if someone's going to give you your role then yes. you're going to follow it mm-hmm. like if they're going to say this is exactly. what you are and you're like i don't know what i am but if you're telling me this then it must be true and she's in an environment where it's, I mean, the psychiatric ward isn't exactly the best place to try to develop your identity. You know, you're very <laughs> isolated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're very isolated, um, separated from the outside world. It doesn't feel like real life. And so that kind of adds yeah. another layer on why it's difficult to find yourself and, I don't know, just really get clarity in your head. Mm-hmm. But something that I kind of have like this little like psychological theory um or i don't know if i'd call it theory um just i want to know if y'all agree or what y'all think but um part of the reason i think Susanna was so attracted to lisa is because of the context of Susanna growing up in like this suffocating social environment where there's a lot of anxiety stress high expectations and so she's kind of used to chasing validation from her parents mm-hmm. and she often falls short and she is manipulated by her mom, who does show narcissistic tendencies, and as does Lisa. And so I almost feel Susanna chasing after Lisa is because when you're used to being in an environment like that and being attached to a person that controls and manipulates you, you unconsciously seek out that relationship once yeah. you go out into the world because that's all you've known. That's all you've known. Yeah. And it's, it's sad. I mean... I relate to Susanna very hard on that. <laughs> I think, I mean, this entire movie is an example of, like, a vicious cycle. Yes. And how hard it is to break out of something like that. And I think that's why it can also be very triggering because um, you're seeing maybe an extreme of what you've experienced, but knowing that it could go that far where, like, it's possible that someone doesn't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. Or that maybe nothing is technically wrong with you, but you just don't feel right. I think it's scary to think about because we all just hope that someday something could make us fit in or be better. Mm. And the idea that that could be like not possible is extremely unnerving. So I wouldn't say that it like, it was scary, but it was, yeah, it, w- it was uncomfortable to reflect upon that and how lucky we are now in, like, a more modern age um, where women still struggle to be taken seriously mm-hmm. in a medical um, setting. I mean, I've had personal experience with that, and many of my family members have as well, um, where they just aren't taken seriously. And Um, For my family, we're all white, so it's not a racial thing. But, I mean, people of color, especially women of color in a medical setting, Mm -hmm. are not taken seriously at all. And they have 
I'm going to derail this for a moment, but they have a much higher death rate um, after like or during birth. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. are not diagnosed. Um, <coughs> they're mm -hmm. diagnosed at a lower rate mm -hmm. than other women. And it's and then there's other groups like women who are obese. Everything is yeah. blamed on their weight and they're not taken seriously. It's like a cop out. And I think that that's just something that's so wrong with um, how we're taught to view people. Like, I don't think that we should immediately jump to. Mm, it must. It's 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 just something in like your lifestyle. Like when we know, like we've had so much evidence, and like movies like this, and so much media where people are saying, "Listen to me, I'm telling you that something is wrong." And it's it's still happening. People are not taking it seriously that we know that something's wrong. Like, please just help. Exactly. Um, no, for real. <laughs> Snaps, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. What, what you're saying from? reminds me a lot of the fact that um, uh, children, young girls, are, off, are significantly less diagnosed or misdiagnosed with ADHD or mm -hmm. ADD yeah. compared to mm -hmm. the boy-male counterpart. It um, shows up differently. Yeah. And so these medical and psychological um, discrepancies between gender and race uh, exist because mm -hmm. all of these um, like actual studies and full and out like research uh, projects and everything were done with pretty much exclusively male, uh, predom uh, predominantly white male uh, subjects or patients. Because you can add yeah. on to that literally every time I was speaking about something and I was like, especially women of color, young women of color, almost never diagnosed. Yes. It takes uh, most women until their 20s and women of color even longer to be diagnosed with ADHD, to be taken seriously. Exactly, and it looks very, ADHD in particular, it looks very different between yes. mm -hmm. um, girls and boys. And so mm -hmm. when a lot of our data and our research findings are based on young male subjects, I mean, that's part of the reason it's so hard to get diagnosed as a, or correctly diagnosed um, as a girl. I, I will say that um, onto Lakin's point, it's not really necessary now, but back in the day when medicine and stuff was still like coming of age doctors would perform on black women because yes. we can't feel pain i wish i could cuss but i cannot um that's a lie we are not superhuman we can feel pain we are just like everybody else and so that learning about it really bothers me because i'm like why why would you think that why are you so dumb in the head to no. think that black women can't feel pain we're just like your white folk over there. You just got a little more melanin. Yeah. That's I just it. got that's I it, just, baby. I just baked a little longer than you. <laughs> <laughs> the assumptions of the medical and psychiatric yeah. field during this time period is insane. Like specifically yeah. in um, the field of gynecology, it is repulsive um, learning about that. I mean <laughs> I am on my period right now and I am very emotional. <laughs> uh, which only happens like every third period. Does that happen to anyone else? No, I'm, I'm not very really emotional like normally on my period, but it's like mm, yeah, every once, once in a while. It's like, like bam. I'm like nah, I cried last time because Gracie farted on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it happens, but um, just like reading the studies where the practices that we have with um, like getting a pap smear. Oh my god. <laughs> um, 
the ways that they figured out how to open up the cervix and you know the instruments that are used are still like medieval literally and they're and the fact that we have not found a better way to do that like to perform these procedures and a more comfortable and safe honestly way to do it it kind of just goes to show how neglected um women's (laughs) um bodies are in the medical field absolutely and from personal experience um birth control oh my god (laughs) you just you know it could be better yeah um and it was created by men my experience like um i've had to switch several times because my hormones become unbalanced and they don't um sit where they need to uh and so like honestly even right now um i was on a birth control that was working for me and emotionally mood swings all of that was pretty good it was pretty stable and i was fine on it um and then coming here to oklahoma for college the cvs that i'm going to didn't have it (laughs) and instead of i don't know ordering it i mean i feel like there could have been a solution they just gave me a different brand but it's the same dosage so it's supposed to be the same but now i am i would say my hormones are unbalanced i'm pretty sure (laughs) and so it just yeah there's just a very oversharing personal example of the gynecology field it's not great i mean and there's i mean a thousand examples there's also i and i can spout them off like the fact that cars and um, like seat belts and safety in cars are designed for the average weight male body. It is um, women dying in car crashes is a substantially higher rate than men because the dummies that are used are male dummies. Mm-hmm. They are built with the anatomy of a male, which is different than the anatomy of a female. And like the um, what are they called? Airbags? Airbags, oh, yeah. yeah. The airbags are more prone to give, like, women concussions. Yes. My and to cause problems. My mom's friend was in a car accident a few years ago, and the airbag broke her collarbone. Yes. <gasps> yes, because it doesn't hit in the right spot. Yep. And it's extremely dangerous. The seatbelt, I mean, we all know the struggle with seatbelt and boobs. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, you know. <laughs> it goes right there. Yeah. Just stay there. It's <laughs> like, you know, when you, like, are thinking really about it, which is like. Boobage, uh, but. If you're, like, maybe a man or even a woman, like, listening to this right now and you're like, oh, come on, guys, it's not that serious. But this adds up. And it's a lot of, I mean, you may think it's little things, but then it, you look behind, like, why are these things so uncomfortable? Because they're not built for us. And then what happens when they're not built for us? We, we die. die at a higher rate. Exactly. Yeah, my English professor's wife got in a car wreck, like, two months ago, and she's still recovering from her concussion. Like, he's yeah. not here this week because her concussion is getting worse. Yeah. Well, we got really off topic Anyways, yeah. the movie, but that, that, I, mean, I think the it general was very theme good. Is still yeah. there. Just sexism in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, have, I have some thoughts about the movie. <laughs> um, a thing I have learned a lot in therapy is, you know, our high school years, our teenage years are the time, the only thing that we really need to focus on is just finding out who we are. That is like one of the main things. We're growing, we're going through puberty, we are experiencing new social situations. And I think we can see that through the through Susanna. She just didn't 
have that. She wasn't able to have those social social situations to find herself she wasn't like she, she was forced to be this person she was forced to do that and I think when she does go to the mental ward she kind of does have that experience that a quote-unquote normal teenage girl has you know she has her group of friends they go and sneak off and do bowling they like they love each other they go they relate to each other and I think I, I like how the movie shows how much fun she did have and, like, how good of a friends they she did find mm -hmm. in the ward. And that was, like, that was her kind of do-over for high school. Yeah. And she was able to find herself, which you're supposed to do, but she just wasn't able to because she just didn't fit the mold of a, a, what a normal teenage girl in the 60s should be. And she was able to find that in the hospital and I also like how when she leaves the hospital, she's like, you know, some of these girls are my best friends. Am I going to still talk to them? I don't know. It's li exactly like high school. Mm -hmm. And I really like how similar it is and how they just portray that. Something I thought about with her leaving, um, with her not knowing if she's going to see these girls out in the real world again or not, is that conversation she has with Lisa at the very end when she is strapped down and she says, you're going to get better and you're going to come find me. Um, My heart I, broke there. Yeah. I There's something so like beautiful but disturbing and horrible about their relationship, right? Yeah. Um, it's almost like they facilitate each other's bad decisions and that makes them the not trauma bond. yes that makes them and, and it kind of reminds me of um and they they were doing drugs but it was also a lot more normalized <laughs> during this time period to be like smoking weed and what they were doing um but how addicts um sometimes to heal from <laughs> your addiction you really need to have distance from that person you were doing it with because yeah. y'all will just keep you know, urging each other on and loop the other one back into the cycle. And that's kind of what Lisa's doing. She sees that Susanna is going to get out and she doesn't want to lose her trauma buddy. I don't know if that's a good way to put it. She doesn't want to lose her trauma buddy. And I feel like that's why she has that meltdown and is accusing um, Susanna. She doesn't want to be left alone. And I think isolation and loneliness is another big theme of the movie. It's giving euphoria. <laughs> I feel like I have trauma bonded with people here, though, in a weird way. Oh. I will say as a personal experience. Oh, okay. So in what ways would you say, like, is a healthy trauma? Like, what, what are the characteristics of a healthy trauma uh, bond versus what we see in the movie? Uh, mm, I don't think I had any healthy trauma bonding. I would not play We Are Not Strangers with a bunch of depressed people. <laughs> trauma dump that way but i mean i oh, guess God. our trauma dumping slash bonding is healthy because we are friends and we do help each other and we'll be like girl you need to not i think the difference is that we don't facilitate yeah there's a better word i just i, cannot, I can't that's why i was it. staring at the wall earlier i can't remember yeah um don't but it's you it's, know what it's, I'm talking it's, about. it's yeah. yeah we don't yeah. encourage that I don't want to say bad behavior, but like endorse. maladaptive endorse. thinking. Yeah. yeah, we're just like you need you need to do something. We actually yeah. push for help instead of being like, oh yeah, just like 
Because what? We're all in therapy? Hi. I yeah. don't know. Sometimes I'll be like, Lincoln, have you talked to your therapist today? Yeah. And you can tell when I have it. It's yeah. just like... Like, did you take your meds today? Yeah. You well, can have... There's a difference between you having trauma and you having a bond mm-hmm. and you having a trauma bond. Yeah. Um, and I think that we... When you develop a friendship with someone that is not based solely on the fact that you both have experienced a trauma, then it is healthy. Because you can both be very (sighs) troubled, but have a healthy relationship. Because it's not about, you don't have to be like this perfect person to have a good bond with someone. As long as you're not being codependent and um, having this other person contribute to your bad behavior. Yeah. Or, again, bad behavior or, is like... Or maladaptive right. thinking yeah. is the mm-hmm. what's coming to mind for me. Because I, I've had friends that I explain like uh, my overthinking or just like these negative thoughts I'm having. And some people, they will just be like... Uh, I, I I agree. There is another word for facilitating or encouragement. This is so... It's bothering me. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. Okay. I don't know Thank what you. y'all are talking about. I, I do. I just can't... Yeah. Can I, put my maybe I'm just it? stupid, but... No. No. It's synonym. 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 I cannot say that word. You know what this movie also reminds me a lot of? Um, the... Oh my, the Miseducation of Cameron Post. Have mm. y'all seen that movie? It's been a while. Maybe. Maybe next podcast. Sounds good. It's, Do you know what it's on? It's on um, Prime. Prime. Okay. I don't have Prime, but I, I can Prime. get Prime. I can give it to you, babe. Yeah, you better give it to me. You have my HBO Max. I got you, babe. <laughs> I'm literally on thesaurus.com. Y'all know that one? I the use that all thorus? the time. Thesaurus? No. Thesaurus? Thesaurus? <laughs> The Thorus. I'm trying to say the TH. Uh, it's not a Thesaurus. Thesaurus. Have you watched mm. College Life? Sex Life of College Girls. Sex Life of College Girls. No, oh my god, it's so good. We you need to watch it. HBO. HBO Max. I have HBO. If they huh. were, I was gonna say if Endorse? they were queer, we can watch it. But mm, I closer. said that. I like indoors. I said that. And you said encourage. I know. I said she endorse. said endorse. She said encourage. <gasps> oh. Maybe I am smart, guys. I think Get a smartest one here. I don't think so. I, I was going to say something, but I can't say that. Okay. I'm missing Amber's, like, perfect <laughs> podcast voice. I know. <laughs> I I, she, just has, she's just so articulate yes. in the way that she speaks, and it's just chef's kiss. She should be on the radio. I mean, the radio's kind of dead, but she would tell Radio's really not radio. dead. Mm. Video killed the radio. I'm Radio <laughs> Rebel. Oh, okay. Let me plug another podcast in here. Y'all listen to Radio Lab. I listen to the Basement Yard. I listen to the Basement Yard too. But I listen to Radio Murder Lab podcast. is a, it's more like a it's a science and journalism podcast, but it is oh it's so good and they have some really interesting podcasts. If you're listening, and you're like, mm, I like journalism a lot. Highly recommend. Or science, right? I mean, yeah, because there's stuff there's stuff on um, space. I listened to that one with you. Yeah, there's one on space. Um, there's a series that they did called The Other Latif. Um, so like one of the producers is Latif Nasser, 
And um, he like wondered like how many other people have his name. And there's this one person that has his name, and they were in Guantanamo Bay. Hmm. So they did this whole series on him and how he got there. And it's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> really cool podcast. Um, That's something again, very much recommend. But back. But to listen us. to the TU <laughs> podcast first. Sorry. To Clearly, us, yeah. listen to us Excuse because me. we found out that we are the most listened to in the podcast. One of the most. One of the most. <laughs> We're up there. So, um, yeah, that's us. Fulfill my dreams. I of feel like having maybe someone's podcast, sending it guys. to their moms. Um, I hope all the moms listening are having a good day. Yeah. Yes. I love you, Mama. We love you, moms. We love everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for um, who was the the one girl that was like making fun of Susanna when they were in like the ice cream shop. Oh, um, the um, professor's wife that she she had slept with her husband. Yeah, yeah we don't love her. But I mean, she did also of course um, that scene was so funny. That they was started barking. I know. <laughs> I was like, per absolutely. But also, slay. that was um, essay. So because she was underage. And yeah. That was a professor, so also, ah, it was not her fault, babes. Elizabeth Moss. She was oh like, I was like, that was a surprise. And Brittany Murphy from Clueless, girl, well, I was like, this this is like a star studded cast. Yeah. There's so many like good people. I wanted to, I wanted to hear her say, well, you're a virgin who, who can't, can't drive. drive. <laughs> Did anyone else notice that TikTok audio with the everyone knows he? Yes. X2, sorry, bleep. Yes. Um, was I was there? like, oh, that's where that's from. I, I forgot. I literally I forgot know. that was in there. Everyone knows. Everyone knows he. Bleep. <laughs> I like that you bleeped yourself so they don't have Bleep. It was a quote, but we won't say it. I don't really know. Really you have to watch the movie to figure out what she's bleeping. Yeah. Yes. Fill in the blank. Go watch the movie. It's like a Mad Lib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Mad Lib. There's just so many good people in this movie. There is. It, yeah. Oh, God. If great you're looking cast. for a movie that has a great cast, mm. start but just there. be ready to cry. To cry. Yeah. cry. I cried a lot. All right. Do we have any like ending remarks? Anything else you would like to say? If not, we should do our little movie rating like we did last time. Oh that was cool. yeah, Ooh. out of ten. You did it. You did it out of five, and then we did it out of five. What? I did out of ten. You did out of five. Let's all do it on the same scale. So what scale? One to your mom. <laughs> yeah, you're so funny, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> Gracie, I'm gonna come across this table. No. As- Slap you. Let's <laughs> do one to ten. It makes water bottle over here. it makes yeah. my head feel better if we do one to ten. One to ten. Okay. Oh, you first. You first. Loud mouth over there. Sorry, my sister Loud is girl. facetiming me. But sing it. Oh, okay. Okay, I rate this a seven point eight two out of ten because this is really good at showing please stop okay all right (laughs) this is really good at showing mental health um especially in the olden times the olden times (laughs) the olden times of the 60s i don't know if i could send that to my mom my mom would be so mad she wasn't even born my mom wasn't even born mine was she would be so (laughs) mad at you i'm sorry kelly's mom i'm just kidding i'm just it's all jokes jokey jokes Um, she loves you mom i promise but (laughs) um i just i really like how it portrayed it but i it is a bit triggering um, was not expecting that, but kind of expected it. And it was very gory. And to the, like, I wasn't expecting them to show 
the body um, Mm -hmm. to that extent. And I also just, you know what? I'm going to raise my rating. 8.8. Really? 8.8. Now that I'm thinking about it, they did, I, I know that like, a lot of the parts angered me, but I know that they did that on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm going to raise my rating because they did portray a lot of the themes very well. Also, it's a true story. So yeah, it's, I mean, it yeah, happened. It happened. <laughs> oh. um, do I agree with a lot of the things? Nor. But Nor. Nor. <laughs> um, Ricky. Ricky, Nor, the condensation. Yeah. Anyways, that's it. That's yeah. all I got. All right. Okay. Well, I'm a psych major, so I'm a little biased. A lot of biased, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the one that recommended this movie. I am also the one that decided to traumatize everyone. But yeah. to be Thank fair, you. No, I, <laughs> I, did not, I did not remember it to be that triggering. Um, after watching it, I definitely should have not been watching that at 14. I think it's the first time I saw it. But um, I think we all have one of those movies. Oof. It just did that to us, you know? Absolutely. Mine was, mine was Glee. Mine oh, was... Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to give it... Um, an eight out of ten. Um, I mean, it's every. I agreed with everything Gracie said. I think it portrays the themes really well. Um, I like the cast. Um, I guess the reason I wouldn't rate it any higher is just because it is such a hard hitting, heavy, triggering, etc. kind of movie. Um, also, because I kind of wished there was more. I wish there was a little more characteriz- characterization of Lisa. Um, mm. We only have her little one vulnerable vulnerable moment in the end, and I kind of yeah. wanted to know more about her because from surface level, she seemed like kind of like a textbook narcissist to me, but the way she reacts at the end makes me think she wasn't, mm-hmm. and so I would just kind of like more clarity on that, but it is a true story, so I mean, maybe that's part of the reason we don't get clarity, so I'll, yeah. 8 out of 10. Oh, hey, um, I hope mine's not the lowest, but it is not as low as I thought it was going to be. I'm going to do 7.5. It was very traumatic <laughs> for me. Um, I did like it, though, even though it brought up a bunch of memories that I probably shouldn't have let it brought up. But it was good, and I liked the cast, and that is it. But, I, oh, I also agree with Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Very smart. I, yours is the lowest because I give it an 8. Solid eight. Um, I think that in the beginning, um, something that, I mean, it's a pro and a con, honestly, because um, the beginning is so disorienting. The flashes between scenes where you don't know what's really happening and what time you're in. It's confusing. It's It makes it hard to understand what's happening in her life as well um because you're still processing what's been going on and so i did have to pause it and like take a break so i was like this is like yeah i mean I this is not it. some afternoon watch you know yeah um you had to be paying attention um so while i understand and i think that was a good choice to have it structured that way i think that maybe they could have made it to where you could understand her life a little bit better mm-hmm um, and for that reason, it lowers it a little bit. But I very much enjoyed, I, I really enjoy watching movies where um, young women can bond with each other and um, they're shown to be like almost childish. 
like you know how boys get to be boys boys but will be girls boys don't get to be girls mm-hmm. you know like, girls have to be women yes and so anytime i can see a piece of media where that youth and that joy can be shown i i love it i love to see that what was your rating again, Gracie? Sorry, I'm taking my B-Rio. 8.8. 8.8. Okay, I'm going to yes, average 8. 8. our things for overall rating. <laughs> I'm so blurry. <laughs> it rounded to 8. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> 8 out of 10. Um, but yeah. I, I really like what you said, like, like about really that. I, I never really thought of it that way. I guess just because it's such a... It covers a lot of dark issues that sometimes it's hard to remember or really reflect on the scenes where we actually see her being happy. Yeah. It just, it reminded me of, like, even though I was in a dark place, like, in my childhood, I I had those moments. And being reminded of those moments, I mean, that's what can get you through life. Yeah. Just thinking yeah. about how, even though there's some really shitty parts mm, i was sorry. avoiding that word sorry i was like actively avoiding it but um difficult really difficult parts in your life there's also sorry. like if you don't have those bad moments nothing can seem so good yeah you know i think also just like the parts where they're you know like bowling or they sneak off or they're just in the living room together or they're at the ice cream shop like you can just see the pure joy on their faces of just being together. And that's just so like, mm. it's just so, mm, you know, heartwarming and just so uh, it makes you like, it makes you root for them because they're normal people. They deserve to be happy as do all of you. Oh, I think it also confirms um, this like mantra that I try to remind myself of, which is um, no one is responsible for your happiness. Um, it's a choice to be happy. Like, you actively have to put in the effort. No one was placed on this earth to make you happy. Sometimes it has to come from yourself. Um, and that autonomy is really scary, especially because we're it's talking hard. a lot about it's codependence. True. A lot yeah. of people are codependent. I would say I have been anxiously attached multiple times in my life. I think I'm anxiously attached right now to my boyfriend. And it's it's hard, but realizing that at the end of the day, that you're really the only one that can help you, I mean, it's kind of a bittersweet conclusion to come to. Yeah. But I think that's what the ending of this movie was, bittersweet. Mm-hmm. I agree. Just like the ending to this podcast. Yes. We all must go, but... Yeah. I got quest. Had a great time. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for joining us today. We um, love you all. Thank you. Go we- listen to all the other TU podcasts. And then after you're done with that, go listen to Radio Lab. Also, listen to Avery's new podcast with <gasps> yes. Betty, Betty with about yes. Spirited Away. Yes. Such a good yeah. movie. It really is. Also, listen to all of Betty's podcasts. Yes. She actually, her, um, I don't know if y'all have heard them, but she talks about mental health and she makes very positive, cute little messages. Aww. Love her. Mm-hmm. I love you, Betty. I don't know if she's listening to this, but. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. We love you all.